This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Welcome to the CBS Eye on Money show. It is Tuesday, May 10th, and we are here to try to take the mystery out of your financial life. How do we do that? We answer your financial questions. And if you have something that's on your mind, it can really be anything financial. You know, I've I've been thinking about all the different decisions that we're asked to make every day in our financial lives, and it can be pretty daunting. So here's what we suggest. We suggest to kind of remove some of the heat from your decisions Maybe it's okay if you get another opinion. The other opinion can be found right here. So all you need to do is go to our website. It's jillonmoney.com and click the Contact Us button. And when you do that, a form pops up. And don't forget to tell us if you want to come on the air because that's so much more fun if you come on the air with us. Today, we are talking to Megan, who's on the line from Seattle. Hi, Megan. How are you? And what can we do for you today? Hi, Jill and Mark. Thanks so much for having me this morning. So my question is around where to put some extra money I have each month. Mm -hmm. Uh, After bills and living, I have about $1,200 extra. And currently that's going into my company's ESPP. My plan is to sell those shares immediately once the ESPP purchase is made Mm -hmm. and put the proceeds towards some upcoming house projects I have or put it directly into a brokerage account. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Give us a little of your details. How old are you? I'm 37. Are you partnered, single? Single. Okay. Kids, no kids? No kids. Okay. Got it. How much do you earn, Megan? My total comp is around 200. Uh, mm-hmm. That's like a 150 base, uh, 15% bonus, and I get about 30 to 40K in RSUs each year. Oh, wait. So you already are accumulating the stock every year? Yes. Mm. So the ESPP is extra. Additional. Extra. You love your company. I mean, <sighs> it's from Seattle, and so maybe it's a really good company, but that's a lot in one company. So let's. So tell us a little bit about some other aspects of this. So are you maxing out your retirement account right now? I am. I'm maxing out a traditional 401k. Mm -hmm. How much is in there right now? 144. Okay, good. What other assets do you have? I have a cash savings account with about 75,000 in it. Mm -hmm. Um, You're not going to like this, but I do have about 100K of company stock already vested. Mm. Um, Love this company, girl. (laughs) And I only have, I started at the brokerage account, but it only has 4K in it. Mm -hmm. At the time, I decided to divert the funds to ESPP, so hadn't Mm -hmm. started building up that brokerage yet. 
So is there money already in the ESPP or not? Yes. So the they've been collecting funds over a six-month period and the purchase date is in June. Approximately. I know we're not there yet, but like, what do you think this is worth about right now? I'm putting about 1200 a month. So whatever 1200 times six is. Okay. So let's say it comes up, right? And you say, okay, I can sell it. You sell that stock. It's a short-term capital gain if you've made money, right? Because it's held within a year. The company stock, the 100000 Tell me about that. Is that long-term or short-term capital gain right now? Like what's it, if if you look at the time that you've accumulated that stock, do you know what most of it is long or short-term capital gain? It's long. Okay, good. That's great. And there is a lot of gain on it as well. Okay. Do you know how much just out of curiosity about? Like of the 100, do you think your cost basis is like 50 or 20? Probably more around 20. Okay. Those are all the assets. Do you have a home? do you rent? What, what do you what do you do right now? I own a house. Uh, it's valued at 850. Wow. The balance on my mortgage is 470 and my interest rate is 3.25. Do you know that you're never leaving it? Is that like okay with I'm you? Not, I'm not, <laughs> I can't afford to leave. Do you know what's so funny? Like when you talk to people about mortgages and stuff and you realize why homes aren't turning over as much because a lot of people are saying, well, I can't now. I really can't move. I've got this amazing low mortgage interest rate. I mean, I'll live with my house. Um, How much work do you think you'd like to do in the house? Like how much do you think you have to spend on the house right now? What would you like to, I should say? Well, I want to do, I'm definitely doing the roof this year, new floors, bathroom and kitchen remodel. In my mind, Is there anything else here? Like, do you have any, um, do you have like an old life insurance policy that one of your dear friends sold you and there's a bunch of money in it? Nope. That's the whole story. So I really think that what would be advisable, okay, is that I would not, I would not do the um, ESPP. I really wouldn't. It's just, you know, you're piling on the risk. It's so funny. I just read an email from somebody who said, um, I have one third of my net worth in this one company stock. And, you know, you can have the best stock in the world, but you also want to be deliberate about the fact that I work there, I have risk in that way. But you are getting stock every year in RSUs. I don't see why we would do the ESPP. I really don't. I don't think that that makes a lot of sense. If you're getting that stock anyway, you know, in terms of those RSUs that are worth thirty or 40000 talk to me a little bit about the vesting schedule on those. Um, so once I get a grant, um, 25% vests after one year and then I 25% believe on, per year. Okay. Yeah. Over four years, they'll fully vest. Uh-huh. So as those newer ones come up, I mm-hmm. sell immediately. So I am trying to get some of those off of my plate, mm-hmm. so to speak. I mean, you're living like life is good, right? You're feeling good. You feel like comfortable in your life. You're, yeah. you're not scrimping. You're not, you're putting your money away. This is all good. Have you gotten an estimate on how much the roof floors, kitchen and bath would cost? Only the roof. How much is that? Uh, about 15. Is this like a huge kitchen bathroom? Are you going to do like hundreds of thousands of dollars or do you have a, uh, do you have a, a budget in mind for all of this? I don't. I was trying to space them out, kind of do like one major project a year mm-hmm. as right. the well, funds are available. So mm-hmm. they don't need to all happen at once. If you have someone who says, yeah, I can do the floors and your kitchen and your bath and I can get it all done, I would actually look to do it and get it done. I really would. This podcast is supported by FedEx. 
FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. I think you should not use the ESPP, so sell the $8,000 that's in there. You can keep selling your RSUs as they come up. I really want to encourage you to at least consider selling some of the stock and start to dribble that out. Let's just talk a little bit about the tax liability for you, okay? You're single, you make a bunch of money, but when you look at your modified adjusted gross income, because you have a mortgage deduction, because you have, you're putting money into a traditional 401k, I think you, you find yourself, let's see if I, I got this right. I think if you looked at your bottom right-hand corner in your tax return, maybe your modified adjusted gross income would be less than 200,000. Maybe. I'm not sure because it depends on like whether the RSUs and the stock sales thrust you over. But let's say worst case scenario, you pay an 18.8% capital gains rate on the company stock that you own. I think that that's not a terrible amount to pay. I mean, at some point you have to actually, well, you don't have to, but if you want to try to use this asset, you're going to have to pay a tax on it, right? And so I wouldn't be adverse to you starting to like whittle away at that position. And frankly, it's a better position to sell even the RSUs because some of those RSUs, I mean, it, again, if it's subject to long-term capital gains, we'd rather have that than short-term capital gains, right? So I'm of the camp that maybe you should start to whittle down the stock position and build up that $1,200 a month amount goes into the brokerage account, build that up, make it diversified, live large, like things are good right now, right? I think that's kind of the where I'd be heading. Do you think that you're going to be earning a lot more money going forward? Are you in the kind of business where, you know, essentially you are going to, you, you look ahead and you're like, oh man, I'm going to kill it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, do you think that? Or do you think this is kind of, oh, it's with the rate of inflation and everything. You know, like if that's the case, then I might just try to be diligent about diversifying. If you're like, I'm going to be making a half a million dollars in two years, then you can afford to kind of push a lot more money into the brokerage account, carry the company stock. And then as you push more money into the brokerage account, the company stock becomes a smaller portion of your overall invested assets. Right. I don't think I'll be making significantly more if I decide to leave my company. Yes, I could probably see a, a significant bump, but I don't plan to do that anytime I mean, soon. How do you feel about selling some of that stock or at least like starting the process? How do you feel about it? I feel good. It was on my mind to start whittling that down. Okay, good. Well, then if we can whittle, whittle away, I think we should have money in the brokerage account until we do the work on the on the house. Okay. I think that you want to gather up the money to pay for these repairs. And let's say it takes place in 2022 and 2023. Then I think we could consider... A Roth, do you have a Roth option at work? I do. I have only used it only a little bit. I mean, I think we could make that decision in a couple of years. I really want you to gather up the money to do this pro these projects 
that's what I would use it for. That's why I would I would like to beef up the brokerage account. And again, you know, you've got the company stock. So if the brokerage account has four grand in it, maybe by the end of this year, it's going to have 60 grand in it. And then, you know, you can pay for what you need to do for this year. You maybe have a little idea about next year. And then I could conceivably have you look at the Roth 401k option. It just kind of depends a little bit on like, number one, like cash flow, but I really want to get these repairs done before we do that. I want you to stockpile some cash to do this stuff because I'm scared that <laughs> that I'm thinking, oh, it's a hundred grand. And then you come back, it's actually 200 grand, you know, because of just where things are with construction. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. So, I have no uh, idea how much all those projects are going to cost. I think that that would be my game plan. And then I might layer into the process the Roth, which would make your tax situation a little bit less, it would make it a little bit more that you would pay taxes today. But on the other hand, Washington state doesn't have a state income tax, right? Is that right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. You, most of your money is being taxed at the 24% bracket. That's kind of a good argument for a Roth. You know, if most of your money is really in that category, yes, you might pop up for a little bit, but it's a good idea to consider the Roth after we do all this work. Okay. Okay. All right. Good. Um, do you have a will? No. Oh, don't you hate when I ask that and you know what the, your answer is? Like, doesn't it suck for you? Because you know it's coming <laughs> yes. up, right? Yes. Do you have it through work? Like a little I've, legal stuff for through work? Yeah, I probably do. As a single mm. person, yeah. yeah. how does that differ like needing a will versus someone who's married, has kids, okay. et cetera. Two, th two very easy things. Number one, you have siblings? Yes. Okay. So generally you would, you know, the, the state law, if you die without a will, the state law determines where your money goes. Now that's not true because in your case, your 401k, you've already assigned beneficiaries. So that's where it goes, right? And probably, I don't know if they do that in your um, with your RSUs, but let's say that part of it. Your house would be split among your siblings and maybe parents who are alive, depending on the estate laws. Do you know why the real reason is to do it? And it's so cheap to do, for God's sakes. It really is for someone like you. It's not even so much for the will. It's for the healthcare proxy. I mean, you have siblings. Who's going to make a decision on your behalf? Do you have a lot of siblings? Is one more willing or able or emotionally more in sync with like having to make a big bad decision? You know, I do think that's one of those weird post COVID things that I have people get now, which is like bad crap can happen. Okay. We don't know where it comes from. And I used to say I could walk across the street and get hit by the M57 bus here in New York City and you never know. That's the more important part, Megan, is to really make sure that, you know, if you have a will, a power of attorney and a healthcare proxy, those are your three main documents that kind of will navigate everything. And it's not a big deal if you have to change it later. And if you want a simple version of this, you can go online. Um, the folks over at Policy Genius have a good estate planning module, but check it work because it sounds like you work for a big company. And oftentimes legal services come as part of your benefit package. And you may not have focused on it because you're like, I'm single. Who cares? Well, now use it. What the hell? Great. I'll look into that. Yes. Fantastic. All right, Megan, go forth, drink your coffee, coffee 3.0 in Seattle now, all different. It's a whole different ball game.
right? Lots of options. A lot of options. Thank you very much for joining us today. If you, like Megan, have a little bit of extra money in your cash flow, it doesn't have to be as much as $1,200 a month, but it can be some amount of money and you want to know where to put it or you want to know the best use of the asset, then give us a holler. All you need to do is go to our website, jillonmoney.com. Click the contact us button. Very easy. And when you click that, you will fill out a form and check the box that says if you're willing to come on the air with us because it's so much more fun when you come on the air. Don't forget while you're there to sign up for the free weekly newsletter. And of course, you can follow this podcast wherever you find your favorite podcast. Check out our other broadcasts. We've got Jill on Money, the other podcast, and we've got a ton of content at our website, jillonmoney.com. Okay, we drop our episodes here every Tuesday and Thursday. And uh, Mark Talercio, he's been a quiet co-host and executive producer today because his son is home from school. So we're giving him a little bit of a, a respite. We are distributed by CBS. We do like to remind you to please try to do something nice for someone else today. And our mantra here is curiosity, compassion, community. Thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you on Thursday. If you like Money Watch, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be because Survivor 46 is here and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast. And to ask Jeff some questions, because even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Get one of the most successful broadcasts in television history on your schedule with the 60 Minutes podcast. Hard-hitting investigative reports, news and culture maker interviews and in-depth profiles are waiting for you in every episode. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.